The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Blehan Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34, in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada, Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign at the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To begin the music portion of our program, we have our church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, sing this beautiful and thought-provoking song entitled, Here's My Heart. Have you offered your heart to the Lord? Are you ready to learn of God's great love? 
Ten members of our church band under my leadership will play this upbeat song entitled Born Again. Are you born again, viewers? Have you accepted Jesus, taken on his name in water baptism, filled with his Holy Spirit, and living the life? If not, why not? Today is the day of salvation because we are not promised tomorrow. One, two, three, four.
This morning's soloist, Chrissy Han, will sing a spiritually inspiring song titled, Going Home. Our time here on earth is just temporary, and soon the Lord will say, come up hither. And those who died in Christ will be raised up first, and we which are remain alive on earth will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Many times in my childhood when we traveled so far by nights full of weary I'd grow Father's arms would slip round me so gently he'd say my child we're going home church choir will sing their second song entitled trust his heart in matthew eleven twenty nine, 29 it reads take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and he shall find rest unto your souls Thanks for our good. 
times blind us to the truth. Our Father knows what's best for us. His ways are not our own. So when your pathway goes dim and you just can't see Him, remember God-given talents is our instrumentalist this morning, Sally Spotcalf, as she prays for us on her flute, a song entitled, Thankful. Praise Jesus for the things he has done in our lives, is still doing, and will continue to do so, until he returns in clouds of glory. Truly, we have much to be thankful for.
Our husband and wife duet, Associate Pastor Marvin and Sherlina Bing, will sing this beautiful song entitled Mansion Over the Hilltop. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Mr. and Mrs. Paul and Loretta Naki. May the Lord continue to smile down upon you both and pour a double blessing pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday. I'm satisfied with just the cottage below, a little silver and a little gold. But in that city where the ransom will shine, I want to grow. Silver line. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never go. And someday on we'll never more wander. But walk
Praise the Lord, and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Oakland, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view a Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our state, state Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneri Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Waiasano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mintanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Life is so full of problems that many people in the world today put their personal concerns ahead of Jesus. In spite of the message delivered in the song, Put Jesus First in Your Life, but most often we tend to put Jesus second, third, or even lower on our list of priorities. For many, it is a difficult decision to choose to be faithful to the Lord or to the world, even though we know what the correct choice should be. Perhaps, if we learn a little more about the Lord through sermons like the one I have entitled, Part Two, People the Church Could Not Do Without, 
the decision to choose the Lord will be a whole lot easier. The Apostle Paul organized many churches, and his interest in them never ceased. Some of the churches pleased him, and some of them did not. The church at Philippi seemed to be his favorite church, as he states in Philippians 4.1, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my beloved brother, dearly beloved. The saints at Philippi, whom Paul had won to Jesus Christ, were not only a great joy to him, but would be a reward for him like a crown at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are those people in every church who are a crown of joy to the pastor and congregation. They make life worthwhile and they bring great unspeakable joy so that the church could not do without them. Who are they? Let us think of their practical qualifications. The Bible does not commend anyone for greatness or brilliance, but it does so for faithfulness. Hebrews 11:6 tells us, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. First, the church could not do without faithful people. Faith is simply taking God at his word. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter to the joy of the Lord is the applause given by our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you a contrasting picture of two men who were members of the church. The first was a lawyer, a judge, a college graduate in Berlin. But he attended church once a month and gave great speeches in the Sunday school class. A class was given to him, and he started in a great way, but soon he quit his position. The second was a janitor in a bank, a man of limited means and education, but he was always present at the church. He gave his tithes and free will offerings faithfully each week. He testified to many souls and sought to win them to Jesus Christ. Because he was faithful, the janitor's life counted more for God and the church than the life of the Berlin judge. In 1927, Lou Gehrig of the New York Yankees was the outstanding baseball player of the year. He deserved the honor showered upon him because he was faithful to the sport. During his lifetime, he played in more consecutive games than any other man in the history of the sport. He never missed a game. They called him the Iron Man of baseball. When he died of a rare disease, a movie was made of his life, the title, The Pride of the Yankees. What made Lou Gehrig great? It was his faithfulness. Every day he was out there on first base doing his best. Now, if Jesus Christ picked out the most outstanding member of the church, who would it be? It would certainly be the one who was most faithful in every phase of the work. In 1912, the Titanic sunk in the Atlantic Ocean it was said as the ship began to sink, the band was playing nearer, my God, to thee. The band members stuck to their posts and went down to their watery grave. Revelations 2.10 reads, For none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that he may be tried. And he shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Yes, there are crowns here and hereafter for a faithful believer. Therefore, the prayers of the prayer band members 
often our prayer tower every day at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. are for the salvation of souls. And one of the prayers is that the Lord Jesus Christ will give us faithful Christians. The church needs people who are faithful in their tithes and offerings used to finance the gospel of the kingdom of God on this earth. Listen to Malachi 3.10, bring ye all the tithes to the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. The church needs saints who are faithful in attending the gospel services, as addressed in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a man or some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. The church needs consecrated members to faithfully live a good Christian life and witness to others, as Romans 12, 1 to 2 relates. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that he present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The church could not do without faithful people to help propagate the gospel of the kingdom of God to the whole world. Secondly, the church could not do without willing people. Oh, yes, we have some willing people, right? Some willing to work and others willing for them to do it. The church also has members who are willing to do the work of the world. The club calls them, the lodge calls them, and various organizations call them, and they are willing to work for these causes. But when the Lord Jesus Christ calls them and the church needs them, they are sometimes too busy and not available. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 2.4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. The right answer, television viewers, is to put Jesus first in your lives. The other things will die with the setting of the sun. However, the things of Christ Jesus will last for all eternity. The grasshopper on the fence makes more noise than the ox in the field, but the ox does more work. Some people talk much, but do nothing for the Lord. Some work well anywhere in the church. Others must have a preferred place. However, those who really love the Lord Jesus will say any place in which I can serve suits me. It doesn't have to be a big place. I'm willing to work anywhere so that I can glorify God and serve his cause. Thirdly, the church could not do without people with vision. We require first a vision of the needs of others around us, encompassing us our people who are unsaved. Many of them could be brought in if our people would go out to testify and witness unto them. Listen to Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Therefore, it is essential that we have a vision of God's worldwide needs. Jesus Christ says in John 4, 35, 
Say not ye, they are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. Today many are ready to believe on Jesus Christ, and accept Him as Lord and Savior. It is true that we must tend to the local needs of the church, but we must not stop there. We must look out to the regions beyond. Jeremiah 8.20 prepares us with this thought, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Therefore, the Lord's vision is, is for His people to share the gospel of the kingdom of God every day, everywhere, and with everyone. At this time, we'll pause here to address the gospel, the gospel of the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. The church cannot grow if we keep the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God from others. Read about the total reach of the gospel in Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. The gospel was preached by Jesus Christ himself as noted in Acts 1-3 and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Paul also preached the gospel as referenced in Acts 28-31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we of the Apostolic Faith Church here in Honolulu, Hawaii, also preach the selfsame gospel that Jesus and Paul preached on the shores of Galilee. Jesus saves is a phrase worthy of high attention. And so we've included the scripture in John 3, 5, depicted on your television screen. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now to be born of water is to be baptized in water. You must go down into the water to be buried and come up out of the water to be born. You cannot be born of the water by sprinkling or pouring. Sprinkling is not baptism, and pouring is not baptism. You must go under the water, and when you come up out of the water, you are born of water. We must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because the name of the Father is Jesus, the name of the Son is Jesus, and the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Please read with me Acts 2.30, also shown on the screen before you. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The only name for baptism is the name Jesus, for he is the only one true God. He is Father, he is Son, he is Holy Ghost. 1 John 5, 7-8 states, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost, and with fire first to being born of the Spirit, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1.5 reads, For John truly baptized with water, 
but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 further states, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, that is Jesus. The initial introductory sign or having received the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues or in unknown tongue or language. Acts 2.4 confirms the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 1 Corinthians 2.10 plainly states, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Jesus Christ said, When the Spirit of truth is come, He would guide us into all truth. If we are not being guided into all the truth, there is a failure on our part to walk in the light, for Jesus Christ is the true light. The Holy Spirit began to guide the disciples from the day of Pentecost, and He will do the same for all those who obey the gospel of Christ and not the traditions of men. Each and every disciple preached the gospel of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ having been filled with the earnestness of the Holy Spirit. Lay aside the traditions of men and get on the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus, that he may be able to stand. Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 to 9 clarifies the truth. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For not all that saith, Lord, Lord, shall be able to enter in. God says in Hosea 4:6, My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I also reject thee. Therefore, take urgent heed to the words written in Mark 16, 15 to 16. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Once again, follow along as you read the full confirmation for baptism in the name of Jesus Christ in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Paul therefore warns us in Galatians 1.8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Let us now return to the message topic of today's sermon. Fourthly, the church could not do without optimistic people. Lots of people have the attitude and say, we can't do that. Some say, we have never done that before. With God helping us, we will do that. The optimists say Moses was leading Israel toward the Promised Land. They came to the point where they could easily enter the land and settle down. God spoke to Moses as you read Numbers 13, 1 to 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. The twelve went in, found the land to be fertile, prolific, wonderful, 
and beyond description. Ten of the men came back to make their reports. Numbers 13, 31 to 33 relates the following. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come up to giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. The other two, Caleb and Joshua, said, This is all true, but God is on our side. And with his help, we can take the land. The pessimists won out which meant that Israel had to wander in the wilderness 40 long years because of unbelief. And presently, the difficulties of life are great, and our enemies are many. Listen to Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. Here we learn that the devil uses crafty methods to deceive even true born-again believers into thinking that his plans are quite right. But God is on the side of those who serve him. He is stronger than all the outward circumstances. The Lord Jesus Christ, plus one, which is you, always makes up a majority. Fifth, the church could not do without industrious people. Jesus Christ is very industrious. He said in John 5, 17, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. As you read the Bible, we learn that God never used a lazy person. Moses, Noah, David, Peter, and Paul were all men of industrious nature. They labored for Jesus Christ. The church has a great program mapped out by the Lord himself, but it needs willing workers to carry out the Lord's gospel work. He requires our hands to do his work and our feet to run his errands. If the Lord's work were to be left to lazy people, the church would fail. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 11, addressed it accordingly. For we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. All the foundations of the world of our course. Sixthly, the church could not do without liberal people. One day, Jesus was sitting beside the treasury. Some men came by and dropped in their large gifts. However, they did it in such a way that everyone could see their gifts. Reading Luke 21, 1 through 4. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting into the two mites. And he said, of a truth, I say unto you that this poor woman, poor widow, had cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast into the offerings of God. But she of her penury had cast in all the living that she had. Yes, viewers, if you love the Lord, you need not be afraid of giving too much. He will always, I'll give you. It is not what you have, but what you are. 
that determines the amount of your gifts. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 8, 12 to 14, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be ease and he be burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for the one, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. And do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves a cheerful giver? Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also, shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he proposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Therefore, let us give as it says in Malachi 3.10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Seventhly, the church could not do without people with patience. The mark of a true born Christian is patience. We certainly need patience today, since everything we try to do is done at such a rapid pace. Now, what is patience? The word literally means willing to suffer. It means self-control. It means the ability to wait and not rush into things. We need patience today in the home, in business, in school, and in the church. A good model to promote is hurry up and wait. James 1.4 relates to us, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The Apostle Paul was patient. He tells us that he had a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what the thorn was. Some say it was an eye trouble. Whatever it was, we know that it gave him much trouble. He prayed that God remove the thorn. However, it explained this way in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 9. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul then learned to say, I will live with the thorn. It is better to have the thorn and God's added grace than to have no thorn and lesser grace. Thus we see without question how patient Paul was. Do you have a cross to bear? Do you have a thorn in the flesh? then ask the Lord Jesus Christ to do what is best for it. He may not remove the thorn. He may not take away the cross, but he will help you by giving you added grace and patience to bear it. If you'd like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you 
We have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Our church band will close another sweet hour of fellowship with his anthem entitled, Victory All the Time.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.